This podcast is presented by Solving Kids Cancer, dedicated to improving survival through novel clinical studies. To learn more about funding opportunities, visit our website at solvingkidscancer.org and click Apply for Grant. Welcome to This Week in Pediatric Oncology, the podcast about new advances for childhood cancer. This is episode number two, recorded on March 4th, 2011. I'm Tim Cripe, your host. Today I'm without any of my co-hosts because I'm going to play the interview that I conducted with Dr. Gregory Riemann on February 15th when we were both at the NIH study section meeting reviewing applications to fund clinical trials in oncology. Dr. Riemann chaired that session, and afterwards we were able to sit down actually in a hotel lobby uh, and discuss his career, his choices about going into pediatric oncology, what his perceived successes have been and challenges, and he also talks about his new upcoming job. So I'm just going to play that for our episode, and we hope you enjoy it. Don't forget that in future episodes, we're happy to address any of your questions or comments. So please send all inquiries to TWIPO at SolvingKidsCancer.org. So I'm here with Dr. Gregory Riemann, who's a professor of pediatrics at George Washington University and the immediate past chair of the Children's Oncology Group and um, is also is probably one of the best-known pediatric oncologists in the world and, and the person who's had uh, some of the most uh, influence uh, in the field over the last 10 years, certainly. So, Dr. Regan, thank you very much for agreeing to uh, be our first guest on what we're calling This Week in Pediatric Oncology, or TWIPO for short. We'll see if that name takes. Um, but we appreciate you having uh, you being here. Well, thanks very much, Jeff. I appreciate the invitation, and I hope uh, TWIPO uh, takes off. <laughs> so I wanted to go back sort of to your beginnings a little bit and just uh, find out from you how you got started in this whole business. Um, where did you grow up and, and what uh, got you interested in medicine in the first place? I grew up in, uh, in Ohio, uh, outside of uh, Cleveland, and uh, the oldest of uh, uh, five uh, uh, children. Uh, my four younger brothers uh, are all still in the uh, area, and there's quite a significant age gap uh, between uh, myself and my uh, youngest brother. So. Being around children uh, was always something uh, that I thought I wanted to do, and uh, um, doing something to help people was uh, always a strong motivating factor, so uh, medicine uh, seemed uh, like a natural, um, and uh, that uh, was uh, really uh, uh, what got me through uh, uh, elementary school, high school, thinking that I wanted to uh, pursue a career in, uh, in medicine. Did you have any family members who were sick or friends or um, not? Not at that time, you know. Since since, uh, since I had uh, made that decision, yes. Uh, but uh, um, a, a childhood, uh, a neighbor when I was uh, a young child uh, was uh, diagnosed with uh, with leukemia, um, and uh, it just amazed me that uh, one day he was uh, outside playing, and the next day he was in the hospital. Um, and uh, two weeks later, he was gone and never came home, and no one, no one talked about it. And it just uh, uh, in, sort of uh, infatuated me that uh, there was this mystery around it, and that no one wanted to talk about it, and no one could talk about it. Um, and that always uh, 
was was something that uh, sort of kept coming back as a as a uh, repeating and recurring uh, memory for me as uh, as a kid. And what about the research side? When did you get interested in that? Oh, on the research side, um, well, I knew actually when I uh, uh, trained, uh, or actually when I was in medical school, that uh, I really wanted to do pediatrics. Uh, that I uh, wanted to uh, devote my career to pediatric medicine. And as a pediatrician, I wanted to take care of sick children. Uh, I wasn't uh, interested really in the uh, uh, maintenance the of well child, uh, checks. Of, of well child <laughs> checks. And I mean, although that's very, very important, I don't mean that it isn't. Uh, but I really wanted to take care of uh, sick children. And I, and I did have uh, the opportunity uh, to be involved uh, with uh, uh, a young uh, teenager uh, and his family. Uh, who was uh, diagnosed with uh, leukemia and sort of uh, followed him for a couple of years as a, as a medical student. Um, uh, and then he relapsed, and uh, uh, despite uh, reinduction uh, attempts and transplant, uh, succumbed to his disease. So that was uh, a bit of a motivation uh, for me. Um, scientifically, I was always interested in, in hematology, um, and uh, particularly the uh, coagulation and the coagulation cascade, um, and now that's probably uh, uh, the furthest thing uh, uh, from uh, my uh, comfort level uh, as, a, as a practicing uh, hematologist oncologist. But the science of cancer uh, impressed me, um, and the fact that uh, uh, individuals uh, at uh, varying uh, institutions and children's hospitals were working together um, in what were then pretty small cooperative groups and small clinical trials, uh, I thought was uh, was really uh, very impressive. Um, where, where, where did you do your training? I did my, my uh, uh, residency and internship uh, in Montreal uh, at the Montreal Children's Hospital in McGill, and uh, we were part of the uh, cancer and uh, leukemia group uh, B. Um, uh, so not a POG or well, it was it was CCG. this was I'm I'm dating myself <laughs> here, but this was before POG. Uh, so this uh, uh, this was actually uh, the pediatric division of the uh, CLGB, right. uh, which ultimately became part of uh, of POG. Um, so that was my first sort of uh, exposure uh, to clinical trials in, in childhood cancer. And then when I did my oncology training as a, as a fellow, I did that at the pediatric branch of, uh, of the Cancer Institute. Um, and by that time, uh, I think uh, there were uh, quite a number of uh, advances uh, that had been made, at least in uh, uh, successful remission induction. Uh, there were still uh, major uh, problems uh, in uh, and that was uh, shortly after the introduction of, uh, of asparaginase, uh, which, you know, everyone thinks that uh, targeted therapy is something that's begun uh, in the last uh, uh, decade or two. Right. Uh, but, you know, really, uh, asparaginase uh, was uh, not necessarily molecularly targeted, but it really was a targeted agent uh, uh, that was supposed to impact leukemia still cells plays an important and, and role today. normal cells. And, you know, here we are 30-some years later, 40 years later. Uh, and it's still a very uh, important uh, drug. So uh, in uh, at the NCI, uh, obviously there was uh, lots of uh, opportunity to uh, uh, see what the cooperative groups uh, were doing, uh, and there was uh, also the opportunity to do some uh, novel things uh, because uh, uh, we didn't really belong to uh, uh, either of the two uh, major cooperative groups. Uh, and... Uh, 
I had the opportunity to develop uh, and run a couple of uh, retrieval trials uh, in uh, ALL, uh, and then actually uh, some pilot studies uh, in newly diagnosed uh, high-risk and, and standard ALL, looking at alternative uh, means of uh, CNS preventive therapy. So before you were starting all this, what was sort of the outcome of patients with ALL? Well, you know, when I when I was uh, uh, in, still in medical school, uh, I think the uh, um, average uh, uh, survival was uh, five year survival was uh, uh, probably uh, less than fifty uh, percent. Um, so, uh, um, when I was uh, starting, uh, I think uh, induction rates uh, were around ninety ninety plus uh, percent um, long term uh, uh, event free uh, survival. Um, uh, was uh, probably around 70-75%. And so we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. Right, absolutely. And during that time, were there any particular mentors you had that really influenced your career? No, I, I think, I think in, in medical school, I uh, was uh, very much uh, impressed uh, uh, with a, uh, a hematologist, uh, an internist uh, hematologist uh, uh, by the name of Harry Messmore, uh, who is now uh, in his uh, late 80s, uh, uh, and still, uh, although he's retired, he still uh, attends uh, uh, Grand Rounds, uh, still uh, uh, plays an active uh, role in uh, teaching uh, fellows. Um, I had the uh, uh, opportunity to uh, work with uh, David Poplack and uh, Phil Pizzo, uh, and they were certainly uh, very instrumental. Al Dyseroth uh, uh, in uh, shaping my career, uh, as well as uh, uh, Ian McGrath. Uh, so... Uh, uh, Burkitt's lymphoma, I thought, was uh, probably uh, the second most common uh, disease uh, in pediatrics uh, because of my uh, experience uh, at the uh, at the NCI. Um, so I, I would I would uh, count them as uh, as real uh, mentors. A lot of great people there, so I can a lot, see why yeah, a, lot of, a lot of good people. Successful. Archie Blyer, uh, I think, uh, uh, as well, and 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 uh, Denny Hammond uh, was uh, uh, also. I'd have to uh, include uh, in that list of. Uh, Great, yeah. And so prior to COG, we're in that sort of 80s, 90s era, I guess now. What what were some um, sort of the most challenging problems at the time and innovative ideas or success I, stories? You know, I think, I think the, the challenging problems uh, were uh, addressing uh, um, issues related to short-term uh, toxicity. Uh, so... Um, you know, while I was uh, actually uh, at the uh, NCI, uh, we started doing uh, uh, randomized studies uh, looking uh, at uh, uh, the use of uh, empiric uh, antibiotics and introduction of empiric antibiotic uh, therapy in febrile neutropenic uh, patients, uh, which I think uh, led to the uh, development of uh, current uh, standards of care about when to stop, when to stop, or when to start, and when to stop uh, antibiotics and uh, the potential uh, role of uh, granulocyte uh, transfusions or, or the lack of a right. potential role for uh, granulocyte uh, transfusions. Uh, so I, I think... Uh, so you think supportive care was... So, so I think, so, I think, I think supportive care was a, was a, was a huge advance. Uh, I think uh, um, also uh, the, uh, um, the beginning... Uh, Recognition or the early recognition uh, that, uh, at least in leukemia, um, as, a, as, as an example, uh, that although it was a single uh, 
pathologic uh, diagnosis. It clearly was not the same disease, uh, that there were very significant uh, clinical and biological uh, differences, um, and that those uh, clinical and biological differences uh, had uh, enormous significance from the standpoint of being able to predict uh, how patients uh, would would do with uh, standard therapy. Um, and then that evolved uh, to really uh, um, selecting uh, specific uh, treatment approaches uh, based on uh, risk uh, factors uh, and our whole concept of uh, risk-adjusted therapy. So I think, I think that's uh, been a really important uh, development. Uh, and I think the, the uh, proof of uh, the importance of uh, a risk-adjusted therapy uh, approach is not only uh, that we've been able to uh, improve uh, outcomes uh, in children with high-risk diseases, uh, but also now realizing the fact that uh, we've had the opportunity to study in a systematic manner survivors um, and to see the enormous uh, toll uh, and the enormous price uh, that uh, these children pay for successful uh, outcomes uh, really uh, mandates uh, looking at who needs intensive therapy and, and who can uh, uh, actually uh, be thought to do well uh, with uh, less intensive therapy. Medicine is so much about the risk-benefit ratio. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, designing uh, any clinical trial, uh, that's, uh, uh, that's uh, the critical, uh, pivotal uh, uh, focus is uh, looking at the risk-benefit uh, ratio. Um, and, and I think... Uh, uh, even outside the uh, context of a clinical trial and the approach uh, to uh, clinical management, looking at risk and looking at benefit uh, uh, have to be very real considerations. Sure. Tell me about the time uh, of creating the COG. Um, it was merged, I believe, of four different organizations, and what was the motivation for that, and what was sort of the structure at the time? Well, the, 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 struct well, the, the structure was uh, that uh, there were four uh, pediatric uh, cooperative groups. Uh, there were two major groups um, uh, in that they uh, uh, were multidisciplinary uh, in focus, uh, uh, addressed uh, basically uh, all of the diagnoses. And then there were two uh, disease-specific uh, uh, groups, uh, the National Wilms Tumor Study uh, and the uh, intergroup uh, Rabdomyosarcoma Study. And basically, everyone who belonged to those two disease focus groups belong to either uh, the children's cancer group uh, or the pediatric oncology group. So there was a, a significant uh, overlap. And I think uh, there was uh, very healthy uh, competition uh, between uh, those uh, two cooperative groups uh, as to uh, the conduct of, of clinical trials uh, and we could uh, uh, sort of um, alternate uh, uh, Ideas uh, and outcome uh, results, uh, not alternate, but uh, compare um, and actually build uh, on each other's and compete with one another for who could come up uh, with uh, a better trial design uh, and, most importantly, uh, a better outcome uh, with a successful trial design. However, um, as, uh, as we became uh, more focused on risk-adjusted therapy approaches, and as we became uh, more sophisticated in our understanding of the uh, underlying biology of many of these uh, diseases, uh, we discovered that uh, 
neither group uh, had sufficient numbers of, uh, of patients uh, in which uh, to do uh, trials, um, with the exception of uh, ALL, the most uh, uh, common uh, disease uh, in childhood. But many of the solid tumors, um, we found that uh, in order to really ask uh, a relevant uh, clinical question, we needed to do things together. We had to pool our patient uh, resources. Utilizing uh, a system uh, which was then called uh, the intergroup, uh, intergroup trials. And, and every time uh, we did that, uh, we had to uh, sort of uh, reinvent uh, the wheel because uh, uh, we had as uh, cooperative groups very different uh, philosophies, very, very different organizational, operational systems and structures, procedures. So it would be one, one group of people learning the... Uh, uh, the way the game is played by one group, and then the next uh, intergroup trial would be the other way around. Um, and I think uh, we just uh, realized that we could probably accomplish, uh, I don't think, I know, uh, that we uh, consciously uh, thought that uh, we could accomplish much more, uh, save uh, a whole lot of, uh, of time and effort that was uh, wasted on organization operation if we did things uh, together all the time. Uh, and even in those diseases, uh, you know, where we uh, had been uh, uh, actually accomplishing things with uh, competition, uh, like ALL, uh, we were recognizing, uh, again, that uh, subclasses, subgroups of patients were too small to really ask uh, uh, good clinical questions. The whole motivation for groups so, so, cooperating in the was, beginning right, was, was, was there, right? So this is just merging this, this, several. This, this, this was just, yeah, I think, an expansion of, uh, of that, uh, of that uh, collaboration. Do you think you lost anything by the lack of, quote, competition? No, you know, I, think, uh, I, I, think, I think we're always going to have competition. Uh, but, you know, I think, uh, I think we realized that, uh, that what we uh, really needed to collectively compete against uh, was uh, uh, the fact that we weren't uh, uh, increasing uh, outcomes for children with cancer to the extent that we really wanted to. So it wasn't, uh, what was less important was the competition uh, uh, between uh, groups uh, uh, rather than uh, uh, what our uh, mission focus uh, And everybody really had the same goal. And everybody really realized that we really have the same goal. Um, collaboration is how we've accomplished uh, anything in childhood cancer. And this was really uh, the next uh, logical step. So, And the cooperative uh, children's groups really have been the model, yes, for uh, the adult groups as well. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think, I think it's important to uh, point out that the, the whole NCI's uh, cooperative group uh, system really began in pediatrics. I mean, uh, the, the CLGB, uh, one of the major adult groups, claims that they were the first cooperative group, uh, but they're CALGB. Um, and the Children's Cancer Study Group uh, began as uh, Cancer Chemotherapy Group A. So in my mind, A comes before B. <laughs> so we really did have uh, the, uh, um, uh, we were the, uh, the, the legacy of the whole cooperative. And it really grew out of necessity because of the fewer and number of patients. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, low number of patients, uh, no single institution having uh, sufficient numbers to do trials. And, um, and I think, uh, uh, fortunately, uh, in pediatrics, uh, um, uh, 
patient number constraints uh, has continued to be a problem for us. No one wants to see uh, the incidence of childhood cancer increase just so we can do uh, clinical trials. Um, and, and our results have improved uh, to the point where it becomes increasingly difficult uh, to uh, make uh, advances without huge numbers of, uh, of patients uh, on uh, clinical trials. So we, uh, we've uh, I know pediatricians have challenge. Been, have been good at that overall. Maybe exactly. uh, a lot higher percentage of patients are enrolled in trials than the adults, although they have fewer patients. But I know the Institute of Medicine issued a report on the cooperative groups the last year or so, and um, I think from what I recall, it was fairly critical of the way the groups are managed. Was that mostly directed at the adult groups, and is that going to affect the children's oncology? Yeah, I, I think I think it was I think it was uh, directed at the uh, the program uh, in general. Uh, but I but I would say that even though there were uh, uh, critical comments, uh, uh, the pediatric uh, group. Uh, was actually held up uh, as uh, as a model, uh, and uh, um, I actually had to uh, present uh, uh, some testimony, if you will, uh, to the uh, Institute of Medicine. Was uh, part of uh, some of those uh, uh, meetings um, to talk uh, about uh, about our uh, merger. Um, how I mean, it, you know, not not that it was uh, the most. Uh, uh, harmless uh, and uh, 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 painless uh, thing that anyone uh, had experienced. Uh, there were uh, certainly uh, uh, multiple, multiple uh, difficulties uh, uh, sort of merging these groups and their different uh, operations and, and organizations. Uh, but I think uh, what, uh, what, what happened and, and, and the reason uh, for the merger uh, sort of overrode uh, any any concerns uh, about the, the difficulties. So I think I think uh, uh, the concerns uh, by the uh, IOM uh, about uh, uh, efficiency and uh, the time that it takes uh, to uh, develop studies and complete studies. Um, I think uh, those uh, complaints go across uh, the whole system. Uh, but I think uh, what our uh, now emerging as, as real recommendations and plans uh, for consolidating the groups and eliminating some of the uh, uh, duplication of, uh, of infrastructure. Um, we've already we've okay, already been there, been done, there that. done that, uh, which, uh, you know, once again, uh, I think uh, pediatrics uh, leads the way. So that brings us sort of to the question of what what are some of the successes of the COG uh, enjoyed over the last 10 years that are highlighted in your mind. I think I think the successes uh, are, are really uh, uh, the fact that we uh, did uh, pull off a, a very successful uh, merger, um, and there were uh, personal, uh, professional uh, uh, consequences uh, that uh, individuals and institutions uh, uh, experienced. Uh, uh, but but again, our focus was really uh, on our mission of uh, improving uh, the outcome for children with cancer. Uh, and I think uh, um, despite the fact that uh, people, there were people who thought that this was not a good idea, uh, that we would lose uh, uh, the uh, sort of uh, competitive uh, always naysayers. Uh, environment. They're always naysayers. I think they've been uh, proven uh, wrong. So we've uh, improved uh, outcomes uh, in uh, basically uh, every uh, um, uh, risk group of, uh, of childhood uh, ALL uh, over the last uh, 10 years. 
uh, we've improved outcome in acute myeloid uh, leukemia, acute myelogenous uh, leukemia, uh, in uh, medulloblastoma, uh, in uh, neuroblastoma, including high-risk uh, neuroblastoma. Uh, so, you know, I think uh, I think there have been uh, uh, definite uh, uh, achievements. Um, I think. Uh, we still have uh, a major way to go in a number of, uh, of solid tumors, and particularly uh, the sarcomas, uh, both bone and soft tissue, and particularly uh, in advanced uh, stage uh, disease. Well, you published a paper in the Journal of Clinical Oncology last year with Malcolm Smith and others that sort of implied we've leveled off uh, our survival curves in many of those. Right. Do you think right. that uh, that's because we need different ways of going about it? or what I, think, I, think, I think we definitely need uh, different ways of going about it. I mean, our, our, our uh, uh, paradigm has always been to, uh, uh, in, in high-risk uh, diseases, uh, uh, to uh, intensify therapy. Um, and I think we have reached uh, the, uh, the limit of uh, tolerability of intensifying uh, therapy approaches. So, you know, I think uh, now we're at a, a significant uh, advantage, hopefully, um, as we learn more and more uh, about the uh, specific uh, uh, genetic uh, alterations uh, that may uh, be responsible for oncogenesis uh, um, or specific uh, genetic perturbations that might at least be drivers of uh, specific uh, cancers and follow uh, the lead uh, for pursuing uh, targets in pediatric. It really is an exciting time. Yeah, I mean, this is a great time. Uh, and, and it was a great opportunity to actually uh, utilize the uh, very unique resources of uh, COG um, and uh, the valuable uh, tumor uh, repositories, specimen repositories that, uh, that we have available uh, to start actually looking uh, at uh, uh, potentially uh, druggable targets uh, in uh, uh, ALL to start with as a pilot in neuroblastoma and now to be able to expand that uh, to uh, a variety of uh, other cancers. We're general. hitting the, the cancers that are lower incidence now. That well, lower incidence, but, but still with, uh, uh, with outcomes uh, that uh, are uh, unacceptable with the uh, current therapy approaches. So um, I, I, I suspect that... Uh, um, there will be uh, a greater emphasis uh, on looking at uh, uh, targeted uh, therapy approaches, uh, no one being uh, uh, overly optimistic uh, that a single uh, targeted uh, therapy uh, is going to be uh, a magic bullet in and of itself and how best to combine uh, targeted uh, therapies and how best to incorporate uh, targeted therapies uh, with uh, uh, conventional and, and standard uh, treatment. Do you think that poses unique challenges now in the area in terms of how to do that? I think I think I think it does uh, because uh, as we uh, uh, and it's the same challenge uh, that we've uh, uh, had for years. It's a it's a challenge of uh, of numbers and numbers of patients. Uh, so I think it's going to require even more uh, collaboration, more consolidation. Uh, so um, you know we might now see ourselves uh, to some extent competing. Uh, with uh, cooperative groups uh, in, in other countries, uh, um, the BFM group, uh, for instance, uh, in uh, in ALL. Of course, um, it's healthy competition. It's, 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 it's always, of course, it's always it's always a healthy uh, competition. But I, I think I think uh, and we're and we're already in in, in low uh, 
uh, incidents or infrequent uh, subclasses uh, of ALO. We're already uh, planning uh, combined studies in uh, Philadelphia chromosome positive ALO. There's already initiatives and in international trials in infants uh, with uh, with ALO, uh, and I think uh, I think that's going to be uh, uh, the norm uh, progressively. Over Actually, the next in Ewing's few years. and osteosarcoma, there in are Ewing's and osteo, we've been doing right. it uh, for a couple of years. Yes. So, are there any disappointments that you've had with how COG has operated, or what they've not been able to accomplish that you thought should have happened by now? I, I think. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that we were, were able to uh, uh, come together. I'm, I'm pleased that uh, uh, there wasn't this huge downtime that everyone uh, predicted uh, would happen uh, as we uh, developed a, a new organization. That, you know, all of our uh, scientific uh, activities would sort of uh, cease uh, for a while. Um, you know, a bit of our uh, accrual uh, decreased uh, for a short uh, period of time. Uh, as we were uh, designing uh, successor uh, studies, uh, particularly uh, in, in ALL. But the way we were able to uh, actually incorporate uh, the best of uh, both uh, groups' uh, successes, uh, come up with uh, uh, a unique uh, classification uh, system, um, and pick and choose uh, the, uh, the treatment or uh, uh, therapeutic uh, interventions that seem to have uh, an impact. Uh, I think uh, were uh, enormous uh, um, successes. What about challenges for the challenges? I think funding uh, is uh, is a big challenge, uh, you know, and I think uh, uh, I think funding uh, uh, was uh, a, a disappointment. Uh, uh, you know, we not not necessarily funding uh, from uh, the federal government, although that's always uh, somewhat uh, disappointing because you never get what you need. Uh, but we did have uh, an expectation, uh, a hope, uh, that uh, um, we would be able to uh, uh, do better from a philanthropic uh, perspective as a single merged uh, cooperative uh, group, and there wouldn't be the competition for fundraising, uh, if you will, um, you know, with a, a single group uh, doing most of the uh, clinical research in childhood cancer in this country. Uh, and to date, uh, that uh, philanthropic support uh, from the private sector has uh, has been somewhat uh, disappointing. Now, most of that comes from the National Childhood Cancer Foundation? Well, some comes from there and from, from other foundations uh, that uh, have, uh, uh, have also uh, been uh, uh, increasingly uh, successful in, in their philanthropic So I think this is a very... Baldrick's and yeah, it's Alex a very important statement. issue for our listeners, I think, because... They're, they're, some of them may be donors, and right, they're going right. to want to well, see these I mean, things I, happen. You know, I, to, to me, I just can't, uh, I, I can't fathom uh, how uh, we we can't sell this uh, as uh, as as a as a, uh, a real a real cause uh, to rally around uh, to, to to raise funds. I mean, to me, there's there's no more uh, compelling uh, thing out there uh, that should uh, be able uh, to raise. Uh, uh, funds than to uh, support uh, research and particularly clinical research uh, that's going to improve uh, outcomes. Uh, of course, these days cancer. everyone wants money from you yep, for right, all right, their right. causes. So, exactly. how, how much shortfall, as you, as it were, do you think we have, and how has that really impacted what you know, we've been able to do? We 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 started out uh, years ago uh, projecting uh, uh, when we actually submitted our our first. Uh, 
uh, competitive uh, grant application to the NCI is the, the new group, the Children's Oncology Group, uh, with a you know a very uh, well developed, uh, uh, extremely well uh, justified uh, budget uh, that we needed uh, fifty million dollars a year to do what we said we were going to do, um, and for the past ten years we've never gotten that's fifty from the private sector. That's fifty. That's or fifty total. total. That total. was fifty okay. total. And how much was the grant? So, uh, in 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 the past ten years, we've never received more than thirty million dollars. So, you know, we've always uh, uh, seen this gap uh, at at least uh, twenty million dollars. Um, but you know, that gap uh, is getting bigger uh, as uh, our sort of uh, portfolio of the kinds of things we want to do uh, gets uh, larger. So, we're not just a clinical trials uh, group. Uh, we have, uh, uh, in every one of our clinical trials, uh, either integral or correlative uh, biology studies. Um, and we've been very fortunate uh, uh, that we've been able to leverage uh, the group and its resources uh, uh, and its grant funding uh, to get uh, uh, other uh, NIH and, and public uh, funding to support some of those studies. But, but there's still a, a very significant uh, need to support the infrastructure at institutions to conduct clinical research. One advantage of giving to this organization is that it can often stay in the community because most communities have a COG affiliated institution. Absolutely, every every uh, every community does. I mean, there there isn't uh, there isn't a uh, a recognized uh, pediatric cancer program in North America uh, that is not a member uh, or somehow affiliated uh, with uh, with COG. So. You know, this 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 isn't giving money that uh, uh, is uh, relegated to bricks and mortar. It doesn't build a hospital. It doesn't build a wing. It doesn't build a unit. Uh, what it does uh, is uh, uh, enable uh, uh, a international uh, infrastructure uh, to do clinical trials uh, and clinical trials that can be uh, conducted uh, uh, throughout uh, North America. So someone wants to support this effort. Where should they go? Is there a particular website? Or there is a, there is a website, uh, the CureSearch.org website. Uh, you can also uh, go to uh, uh, the Children's Oncology Group uh, website, uh, uh, www.childrensoncologygroup.org. Uh, we look for uh, we looked uh, to uh, get a, a shorter uh, URL, but uh, <laughs> www.cog uh, was uh, already taken. So. Um, I, I understand now that your days with running the COG are done. Uh, I assume you'll still be active in some way, but you're also switching positions. Can you tell me about that? I'm, 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 my uh, uh, leadership uh, role as uh, chair of uh, COG uh, uh, was uh, finished in uh, the beginning of January. Um, I hope to uh, stay involved. I mean, there are a lot of things that have uh, been started uh, uh, and I would uh, certainly uh, uh, intend to uh, uh, keep uh, my finger uh, on uh, on the pulse of uh, of some of those uh, initiatives. Um, I'll definitely stay involved uh, uh, in the target project, particularly as it relates to uh, ALL, um, and uh, to uh, a number uh, stay involved with a number of uh, of clinical trials. Um, and I've always uh, um, been. Um, focused on, on developing new treatments uh, for uh, childhood cancer, um, and uh, I would like to stay focused in that area. 
and I was uh, approached uh, about an opportunity uh, uh, with uh, the FDA and the uh, Office of Oncology Drug Products uh, to uh, uh, look at a position uh, where there's hopefully an opportunity to uh, uh, advance uh, the FDA's uh, role uh, and the FDA's efforts uh, in making uh, new drugs, new therapeutic uh, uh, initiatives uh, available for, for children. So what exactly is your position going to be there? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I, I, probably, I probably won't know until okay. I uh, actually uh, get there. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I, I think, uh, as, as you uh, well know, uh, there are you know, very uh, limited uh, incentives uh, for uh, industry uh, to uh, develop uh, agents uh, for uh, pediatric uh, cancer. So I think looking uh, at ways uh, to... Uh, um, better incentivize uh, industry looking uh, at ways to uh, uh, expedite uh, the uh, investigative uh, of, uh, of process uh, to sort of uh, harmonize uh, um, some of the uh, uh, regulatory uh, hurdles uh, that uh, uh, are not uh, just existent in this country but uh, sort of uh, internationally so that we can uh, look at uh, um, opportunities for more international collaboration and new drug uh, development uh, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, approvals and uh, licensing of uh, effective agents. Well, perhaps this is a bit uh, United States-centric, but uh, it certainly seems to me that the FDA is sort of the gold standard around the world for, for drug approval, so it's very exciting, I think, to have someone of your caliber and stature uh, in, in there uh, pushing the uh, childhood cancer agenda. Well, and that's, that, that's my reason for being uh, interested uh, in this position. Uh, I mean, I, th I think I think I think uh, uh, I think the FDA does uh, a great job. Uh, I think uh, uh, I think they're maligned uh, uh, unfairly, uh, uh, unfortunately. Uh, I don't think the American public uh, fully uh, realizes uh, how important uh, a strong FDA uh, is, um, uh, and I think uh, also. Uh, that uh, uh, the FDA needs to be uh, even further enlightened uh, on the uh, importance of the problem of, uh, of cancer in the pediatric uh, population uh, and the uh, importance of, uh, of an expeditious uh, uh, drug development program that, that uh, is not only uh, swift uh, but uh, maintains uh, the same level of uh, efficacy and safety evaluations. Well, it's very exciting, I think, for the field, so I appreciate your taking on that next yeah, challenge. Thanks. And, you know, I just want to thank you for being here, and on behalf of uh, physicians, scientists, students, um, parents around the world, really, thank you for all of your leadership in this area over the last 10 years, and I know we all wish you the best of luck in your new job. Thanks very much. It's, uh, it's been an honor. Um, you know, it, it's been a pleasure, but uh, it really has been... Uh, uh, an honor, and I uh, feel uh, uh, enormously uh, uh, fortunate that, that I had the opportunity. Hopefully, can continue to make a difference. I'm sure so. you will. Great. Great. Thanks. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed our interview. Again, we'd be happy to read any emails on the air in future podcasts and discuss your comments and questions. Please send us a note at twipo at solvingkidscancer.org. Remember, the more we learn, communicate share ideas, and work together, the faster we'll reach the day when all childhood cancer is preventable or curable. 
As always, keep up the fight. Thanks for listening to This Week in Pediatric Oncology.